Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the bigger picture. Thanks for joining us on Money FM 89.3. So far this week, it's been quite a nervy start for investors as we see a bit of a lack of conviction behind the moves and some waiting and seeing as numbers continue to flow on the earnings front as well as data. Of course, today we will get quite a bit of data from China. And right at the top of the list is the GDP growth figures for the first quarter. That's going to be out at 10 a.m. And let's start things first with um, welcoming Vasu Menon. He is the Executive Director for Investment Strategy for OCBC Bank. Morning, Vasu. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ryan. Very well, thank you. Yeah, it's a bit of an eye before the storm right now. We are waiting for the data to come through. Let's start with what's happening in China, where over the weekend, we actually saw home prices putting up some good numbers, the fastest pace in 21 months. What do you make of the latest numbers on the home front? Is this a sign that perhaps the property sector is turning around? Well, you know, Ryan, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think, uh, yes, there are signs that the you know home prices are turning the corner, heading higher on the back of you know official government support. Clearly, you know, the property sector is a big part of the economy. It accounts for roughly 25% of you know China's GDP. So, what happens in the property sector has an impact on the economy, and clearly, the Chinese government is focused on the economy right now, and so it is also providing support to the property sector. And as a consequence, you're also seeing new home prices edging up, as you said, on a month-to-month basis. But if you look at the Year uh, on year numbers, it is still declining. Uh, you know, home prices declined by about 0.8% year on year in March, and uh, you know, it's been declining for 11 consecutive months. So, yes, uh, we are seeing some signs of stabilization and recovery on a month to month basis. We're not seeing fireworks, but you know, I mm. think the recovery may still be in early stages. You know, the problems in the property sector are quite substantial. It will take time to address those problems, uh, but I think quite clearly, the comfort for investors is that the Chinese government is working on it, but I think. One cannot expect a quick rebound in property stocks uh, or rather property sector because, you know, I mean, the overhang is quite large and it will take time to address the problems in the property sector. Yeah, like you pointed out, year on year is down 0.8%. If you want to look at perhaps the glass half full, month on month is up 0.5%, better than the 0.3% rise in February. And Vasu, going into the rest of the morning, there is going to be a data dump from China. And I think a lot of focus on the GDP numbers out at 10 a.m. Last Friday, we saw GDP numbers for Singapore a bit softer than expected. What are you looking out for when it comes to China? China might be quite different. In fact, we're expecting China to be the only major economy in the world to post stronger growth this year compared to last year. So, you know, the markets are now looking at the Chinese GDP growth numbers of 4% when it's announced, I think, this morning at 10 a.m. That compares with, you know, the previous quarter of uh, 2.9% growth. So no fireworks. We're expecting a pickup in economic growth of 4%. Remember that 4% is still below the official target of 5% for 2023. I think it's not just the headline GDP numbers the market, markets will watch out for. Remember as well, Ryan, that you know, there'll be other numbers coming out. You'll be have industrial production numbers coming out for March. You'll have retail sales numbers coming out for March, as well as you know property investment numbers that we, we just spoke about a short while ago. Mm. So markets expect retail sales to pick up, but as far as industrial production and property investments are concerned, you know, uh, again, nothing spectacular on that front. So I think overall, we'll see a pickup in economic growth in China because China has just reopened. Unlike many other parts of the world, it's just 
reopen. So clearly the economy is getting a bump up. So the numbers are probably going to show a better set of readings compared to the fourth quarter. But again, as I said, don't expect fireworks because the numbers are still probably going to tread coming below the 5% target for the Chinese government. Yeah, so it might take some time for things to play out in China. So something to watch out for in the coming months and the rest of the year. Uh, looking at other issues that are you know, cropping up for investors to watch out for, We've been getting banks reporting earnings, and among them, J.P. Morgan. And of course, the CEO typically gives quite an interesting commentary. And this time, he is warning about interest rates, how that might address problems for the economy. To some extent, we saw that in the form of SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, falling victim to rising rates. Do you see this becoming a big issue and risk for the rest of the economy? Um, Ryan, I think, you know, one has to keep a very close eye on this. What Jamie Diamond has highlighted is a risk factor. The markets now expect interest rates to come off, but if it's his view is that rates will remain higher for longer, and that clearly is going to hurt the economy. So we saw some problems with Silicon Valley Bank and some of the regional banks. That has now taken a backseat. The banking fears have eased, but it doesn't mean that things are over. I think going forward, something the markets have not paid enough attention to is the commercial real estate sector in the U.S., which is facing quite a bit of weakness post-pandemic and a mountain of debt that is due for refinancing in the next uh, few years. So that's an issue. I mean, if interest rates remain higher for longer, that segment of the market could uh, be hurt. And the reason why I highlight that segment of the market is because the small regional banks in the U.S. account for 70% of loans that go to the commercial real estate sector. And so if that sector comes under pressure, clearly, you know, you could see further pressure coming in for the regional banks. So, you know, uh, it may not be over. I mean, we have to keep a very close eye on the commercial real estate sector and interest rates. Fed decides to hold it higher for longer. Uh, as I said, you know, regional banks could still run into issues down the road. Yeah, refinancing and repaying is going to be potentially painful down the road if things keep up in terms of rates staying high. So that's going to be one to watch out for as we get the FOMC rate decision in about three weeks' time. Uh, also, what's going up? Gold prices, Vasu, that's nearing record highs. Uh, just for context, record highs, nearly $2,050 per ounce. And right now we are at around 1995 Vasu, what's driving gold prices and how bullish are you for the rest of the year on gold? Well, we are positive on gold, but we don't see a phenomenal rise on the current levels. Our target price for gold is uh, $2,050 an ounce in the next 12 months, perhaps slightly higher, maybe another 3 to 5% upside from the current levels. Uh, what's driving gold prices? A uh, number of things. As you said, gold prices have rallied sharply. From the end of September, gold prices are up about 24% since the end of September last year. And in sync with it, it, it you see US dollar actually coming off by about 11% during the same time period. So the week dollar has contributed to the rise in gold prices. The other factor that has contributed to the rise in gold prices is bond yields. Bond yields in the U.S. have also come down substantially and that has, you know, uh, basically enhanced the appeal of gold among investors. Of course, the third factor is that, you know, markets are worried about a recession. Markets are worried about geopolitical risk and so on. And gold is typically seen as a hedge against uncertainty. So those three factors are highlighted are keeping gold prices up. And going forward, if rates in the U.S. come down, U.S. dollar continues to weaken, it should be a uh, tailwind for gold and so I think investors should have some gold in their portfolio as an insurance policy as well against continued global uncertainties. Alright, that's a great overview and just to wrap things up quickly, uh, your look at asset allocation in this backdrop and of course everyone's talking about AI, how is that factoring into your portfolio right now Vasu? 
Well, you know, AI is something you want to keep an eye on, no doubt. I mean, overall, we are neutral on equities, you're neutral on bonds. You're not negative, you're neutral. So we see, we still see opportunities. Uh, we also see opportunities in the AI space, without a doubt. Uh, but again, you know, uh, this space is a very volatile space. It's still in relative infancy, but it will change the way we live our lives, uh, you know, 10 years down the road, perhaps even more. And so clearly investors need to look at this space very carefully and, you know, look out for opportunities in this space. But you must have the stomach for volatility because when it comes to the tech sector, prices tend to be very volatile. All right. That's a great insight. Imitating Vasu Menon, he is the Executive Director for Investment Strategy for OCBC Bank. Vasu, thanks as always, and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thanks for having me on the show. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.